to the Super Burn Bros podcast. Welcome. Fucking A. Fucking A. I'm Aaron. I'm Dustin. And uh, today we have a special guest, our friend, John Olivier. What's up, dudes? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for, for coming on. Thank you for requesting to, to come on. Hell yeah, dude. It was uh, really the perfect way to do it. You just hit us up on Instagram and just were like, hey, when am I supposed to come in? Yeah. Or we're like, next weekend. <laughs> dude, it worked perfect for me. And, and that's great because we were wanting more guests and now we can have a few to pull from. And glad to have you on as the first of season yeah. two yeah you're the first yeah. guest of season two hell yeah because yeah, the first guest bailed on and bailed season <laughs> premiere on the bitch. <laughs> oh well we'll get we'll get him we're happy to have you here cool. you uh were we were roommates for uh, a good while oh, wow, yeah. um yeah so we've we've all known each other for years um and you're playing some bands yeah. and you're a father yes and just a, a good guy Thanks, man. <laughs> That's an introduction. He is way better doing that. Like, I, I had all those thoughts in my head, but I, I couldn't put them into words. Yeah. Yeah. You could have just been like, this asshole? He's, he's all right, man. Let's do this. And I would have been like, okay, cool. Yeah. He, he's taught me a lot of things. <laughs> really a wordsmith. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. So how have you been, man? It's It's been a while since we've, we've all hung out. Uh, yeah, man. It's been good. It's, like, been... It's been really strange because this year's been low-key, but equally not low-key at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, normally, I mean, previous to this year, for, like, the past three years, it was, like, tour all the time, basically, go, go, go. And it was, as soon as we got off one tour, it was like, okay, what, what are we doing next? Yeah. And then it was like, okay, now we're done with this tour. Now we got to go make the next record. Mm -hmm. And between playing in, in two bands at the time, Ghost Bath and Alistair Hennessy, mm -hmm. it was like... It was just go, go, go all the time. And so then this year, at the beginning of this year, I actually parted ways with Alistair Hennessy. Okay. And uh, it was, like, really, it was strange because I had this moment of I've been busy, like, every week of every month of every year for, like, the past three years. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, I don't have anything to do. Mm -hmm. And so, like, in the meantime, I had written these couple songs with one of my coworkers. And we recorded them just to have them, really. And we had no idea what we were going to do with them. And then when I quit <laughs> Alistair Hennessy, it was like, okay, I actually have downtime to work on music on my own terms. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of having to be like, okay, we're doing this as a group, and we have the schedule, and this is how it has to work, and there's a lot that goes into it. And yeah. it's awesome, and I love all that. But a three years, like, in a row of it is <laughs> enough to just wear you out super hard, so... The fact that I could literally just sit on my couch at home and like write songs and, and just produce them in my own time mm -hmm. and then get together with a bunch of dudes and be like, hey, I, I got these songs and I want to make them. And other guys contributed some stuff. And it was really cool. It was like a really easy process. We I don't think that we jammed as a full band before recording more than one time. <laughs> and we literally went in and just tracked. I like knew the basis of all the ideas and we mm -hmm. just recorded everything on the fly. Um, and so it was just it was really nice it was super freeing to kind of just let myself go it's okay if it's a little bit fucked up because mm -hmm. the whole point of this is just to make music and this is for Stone Marrow this is for my new project Stone Marrow yeah which we just put out some new music on this last Friday November 1st hey 
Um, so yeah, we I mean we had two two basically two different releases prepared to be released before we had even announced that we were even doing thing, anything as a band. Yeah, which was awesome because it was just like there was no. You didn't have to say like, yeah. "Hey, we're a thing." Yeah, music coming soon. It's like here's a bunch of shit just ready to go. Yeah, and it was it was more so just like I wanted to, especially if I was going to introduce a new musical project at this point in my life. It was like I don't want to have to like do the whole reestablishing myself sort of thing and more so I just wanted to be like this is the music that we made instead of having yeah. to like put something out and then have any sort of expectation from anybody whatsoever and not that there's been a ton of people that have listened to this because we've kind of tried to just be real honest and low key for the moment and just let the music be out there and now I think we'll probably try to put a little more steam behind it but mm-hmm. well like you know the podcast it'll definitely you know, give you a little bit of a boost. Yeah, and that's awesome. That's the, the, the with this new release, we we recorded it here actually with Xander, oh, uh, nice. who is a, actually a, you know, a guy that we used to live with as well, and he he recorded the first two songs for us as well. And it was like, it was, it's, I'm sure it's kind of strange for him because it was just like, hey man, I want you to record these two songs and. We didn't put them out for like a year mm-hmm. and not for any reason other than it was just like wow, we just weren't ready to put them out yeah and that that's all there was to it and it was great because the only people that knew about it were simply the people we had told simply by word of mouth or sent the songs to you to be like hey this is something we're working on yeah what are your thoughts and so we showed it to a lot of different people and we got good feedback and so it made me feel like it was just worthwhile to keep pursuing my ideas and you know to keep, to keep making music with these dudes and so it was just kind of a super organic thing that just felt really cool and really easy and none of it felt complicated or ever like challenging in the way of like we have to do this it was all just like this is just what's happening and this is kind of how it's going to go and it was like we're just going to rent the studio and we're going to go into track until this part's done and sometimes it was like i don't even know what this part's going to be yet (laughs) yeah so let's just go see what sounds cool and what sounds like crap, and yeah. then we'll just go from there. And Xander was awesome because he just let us kind of go. He just let us experiment. He's like, I hit record. I'm going to go take a piss. Uh, I got to run out, grab some food. I'll come back, and we'll all hit pause, and then we'll listen. Yeah, I mean, and it was <laughs> it was really freeing, too, because we could just literally be like, hey, man, can we try to make it sound more like this? And he would just be like, yeah, sure, and he would... Just turn the knobs, which is beyond me. I don't fucking know what those knobs do. But he's turning knobs, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, actually, that's the sound right there. That's what that's what I was thinking the whole time. I had no idea. Yeah. But that is it. Okay, cool. And then we would just go with that until we were like, okay, that part's done. Now. Okay, let's figure out what happens next. Mm-hmm. And it just, they all fell together. And then I went out to Michigan for like three days and uh, had the songs mixed and mastered by Josh Schroeder who did like the last Alistair Hennessy record and the last couple Ghost Bath records. And it was really cool just to go out there. I went out by myself and he's he's kind of got like his house and it's kind of like out in the woods in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And it's like really quiet out there. And it was super, super nice for me because it was like just me by myself for the most part with him, just kind of letting him do his thing. And then just kind of saying like, the, yeah, I like that. Or this may be a little bit more like this. Mm-hmm. and just got to let him do his thing and kind of just help make sure that the ship was steering the direction I thought it should go. Yeah. So he, you know, his contribution is like giving it his final overall sound, which was you know what we had in mind the whole time. But it was really freeing just to kind of be there for three days with nothing else on my mind. My cell phone service kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I just was out in the woods. And so I wasn't like going to get beer and I wasn't running to get cigarettes. I was just there yeah. by myself. After our sessions were done, I just slept in the studio. I just <laughs> chilled there. It was, and it was super nice. It was super free because it was like a little bit of deprivation from my normal accommodations mm-hmm. just to be like, I came here to think about this music and really live in this music for a minute. And just to be able to do that and have him shape it around everything while I was just there was uh, super cool. So yeah, super really stoked cool. with where the songs are, are at and how they came out, you know? I like the, um, I like the part about, you know, just being out of your element for it. Like, cause that's what they say for like other good writing is like, Oh, if you're always, you know, playing in the same key, you know, eventually your creativity kind of just narrows in to the point where you're not coming up with like cool new ideas. Yeah. And so you like put a limitation on yourself and you're able to like, when you adapt around that limitation, that's where you get like creative again and like putting yourself out in the middle of nowhere, out in like out of your element. I feel like it would do that same thing too. Yeah, I mean, it like it, it sort of robs you of your senses a little bit, if that makes sense. Because, mm-hmm. like, if I would go outside to get a breath of fresh air or, or have a smoke or whatever, it was like, if I go outside, it's I don't know what's around me. You know, I, I for the most part, I don't even know which direction is north. You know, I don't even know which way I'm facing. Yeah. Let alone the fact I'm surrounded by a bunch of trees, and it's just quiet. You know, there's not a bunch of city noise, and I live right in the heart of the Twin Cities, so I'm just used to city noise. So the fact that it was just like quiet, it was just super, super nice and relaxing almost just to be totally submersed in nothing but like silence and then just the sound of the songs. And you know, that's what we listened to just over and over and over. So it was like, I got to just be inside of those sounds for like three days and really, to me, find a place where it was like, yeah, the, the, this hits everything that I, wanted to this touches all the places i wanted to go yeah shit that just it sounds like the most ideal recording situation where you can just really turn off and like enjoy the moments yeah and it's it was cool it was it was great because all the dudes that i work with i had the utmost respect for and trust in as far as their musical ability so at no point was i did it did i ever feel like anybody's idea was a waste or you know mine included that it was like i felt like the ideas everybody brought to the table were 100 percent worth listening to and if they weren't the right idea they were really damn close to it it's, yeah you know, maybe, oh yeah dude try it just like this and i think that's the right thing and then and then all of a sudden it happens and it clicks into place and i just feel super lucky to make music with the dudes that i do like yeah. the dudes every time every time we make music we show up to a room together as soon as it starts as soon as you know someone counts it in it's like everybody just is in the zone and this, it feels great man i feel like for the past like almost decade now i've been able to make music with a very close new uh, close-knit group of people and it's just kind of like you just build that understanding of one another mm-hmm. and, and i suppose that confidence comes with it that you just know when they start doing something you go yeah inevitably i i like it and inevitably it's good and if it and if I, you don't like it for some reason you can speak your mind and just go like I don't, I don't i don't feel that like i don't understand where that's going mm-hmm. and nobody's ego is so big that they can't go oh, cool well, let's try something else yeah that is one of the um you know having played in bad bands and then uh, you know a couple of good bands um just have being able to have trust in 
the other people that you're playing music with. Like, because I've had tons of times where you, you know, play in a band, you're like, you know, I hope they know their part. I hope they can, you know, handle it if something goes wrong. And I hope we're on just the same page of what we're trying to do. And then it's just so, there's so much anxiety with that. But then if you are in a band with people that you trust, you're like, I know that they know their parts. And I don't know, it just feels great. Yeah. I, yeah, I really don't have much to say because I feel like that was me in every band. <laughs> <laughs> I was the one that was, you know, slowing oh, up whole production. <laughs> Um, but I hate to do this to you, Aaron, because I think that we're on the same channel somehow. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is it is recording one of us at least when we talk, but I just need to check and make sure. So I'm sorry for the technical difficulties. That's all good, man. Um, so now we're not going to talk. Okay. All right. That should be fixed now. All right. You say something. I say something. All right, John. All right. All right. And now we'll be right back from a word with our sponsors. Oh, God damn it. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) We never left. Um, Could have probably just put the sponsors in during that break. But, you know, you got to plug that you're doing it so that people don't just think the mic died. There's a a way you do these things. Yeah, I suppose. suppose, We can, if you want, you know. I've only been doing podcasts for like 56 episodes, so... (laughs) Fuck yeah. Right? <laughs> um, well, shit. So your whole intro from Aaron into your whole, I don't want to say monologue, monologue, but I mean, I just love listening to you talk. Yeah. A lot of the times, like, you've always had such good stories um, in a way about telling them that just is very captivating. It is. So I was just, I was like, watching them, like, just follow along, like, enjoy it. Don't stop the mm-hmm. rhythm, um, which is great, because that's what we're here to do. We're just here to talk and listen and yeah. just enjoy each other's company. Dude, I'm really quiet, like, for the most part in life, but if I get, like, going on something, it's like my mind just goes, there's no fucking breaks, so just go. And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I hit the edge of the cliff, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it's time to stop now. <laughs> no, it was fucking great. And I I am, yeah, I'm just genuinely happy that you're, um, like, now that it's out, uh, do you, it sounds like you're you're very satisfied with um, with what you're putting out right now, like, do you have anything that you would like, you wish you had been able to do still, or any like regrets or anything with it? Just like, obviously, you've heard it so many times now that everyone else is just starting to listen to it, but you've heard it, you know, to death. Yeah, I mean, when I listen to it, there's I, I myself like definitely hear the the places where in my mind it's like yeah that's the imperfections mm-hmm. but i think that when people inevitably will hear those little things i think they'll probably like it just because it was more so a choice while we were doing it so it's not even really a regret it's just something that i hear it and it, it doesn't like irk me but it's just like it stands out to me I'm like i know that they're there so in my head i i hear them and I, I like them you know it's like one of those i love it and i hate it at the same time because yeah. there's the part of me that yeah i wish it was so picture perfect then there's the other part of me that goes yeah man i really love how how we made this record and the whole whole thing was really like we didn't want to use a bunch of drum replacements so we didn't mm-hmm. and we didn't want to use like a bunch of like uh amp simulated sounds for guitars at all so we didn't everything was real all the way through 100 percent. the only time it really kind of turned digital is when it hit the computer mm-hmm. and uh 
same thing with vocals. We didn't want to do a bunch of like auto tuning and stuff, but we really wanted to layer the vocals. So we really just like were very selective, and we actually used uh, like a vocal pedal, but but very like uh, minutely, and not even it wasn't like for harmonies or anything like that. It was more so for like. Dude, it would be super cool if in this part there was a really, really low, like sub octave harmony of your oh, voice, okay. just following along. And instead of doing it like imposed with a synth or something and trying to emulate the pattern of the voice, it was like this already does it. So mm-hmm. just do this, and then the pedal would just add it, and then that would go into the board, you know. So you're, it's more just committing to it of like this is what we want to do. It's not like something where we can like oh we could add it or we could not if it doesn't sound great. We're right. like we're doing this. We're gonna track yeah. it with it because yeah. that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, and so yeah, it wasn't like it, so when you do that, it's like you can't tune a voice. So it's like you got to sing the part, and if it's a little bit flat or a little bit sharp, then it's like everybody's got to figure out. How to match it. So when you're singing the harmony, you have to figure out where it has to sit. Even if it's a little bit wrong, mm-hmm. it has to be there so it all makes sense together. Yeah. And even the same thing with some of the guitar riffs. There's like parts where the guitar might not be exactly perfectly in tune, but it's like everything was played to the piece itself. So some of the imperfections are are almost intentional in the fact of like, well, that's how it is. Like, that's how the part goes now. That's recorded. We're not going back and we're not redoing it. It's like tape. Yeah, so that's how you do it. And when we finished it, we actually mastered it on tape, and which was awesome. I got to watch. I'd never seen it like in person there, someone doing it to my music. Mm-hmm. We had had everything mixed, and then we, we got a digital master that we were pretty happy with, and then he ran it through an actual tape master, an actual tape reel to a master, and it was like, wow, that is awesome. And it, it, dude, it brought the sound out exactly, like in my head while we were making it. I was like, I really hope it sounds raw like this, and the tape really helped bring it to that raw sound. And nice. I was like, cool, man, this is sweet. That's cool. Fucking hey. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It was a cool project. I feel super lucky <laughs> to, to, to do it. <laughs> just like had the idea and be like hey let's just try this let's give it a shot and see what, see what happens and so I mean it was always kind of on the table of just like well, let's just do this if it's awesome we'll put it out if we do it and you know we think it sucks then we'll just say whatever we'll try something else yeah but we did the first two songs and, and we all kind of were like cool this is great we sent it to some friends sent it to some people just to get feedback other people seemed to like it and we were like well alright cool and then when I quit Alistair Hennessy I was like alright Let's do some more songs. And so we just kind of committed some time to writing songs, having ideas. I think we wrote like eight different song ideas and then just ended up being like, these four are cool. And I think it was like three ideas I had and then Tim just showed up one day with his song and it was like, that was super cool, man. I really like it, let's do that. And so we just did that song in there as well and it just fit the vibe of everything. So um, so everybody on the same page from day one, slaying it and just everything just gelling. Yeah, I mean, dude, literally, the band was literally kind of, like, formed as in, like, I talked to these dudes independently, everybody was like, yeah, cool, I'm interested, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. We literally went to a bar, did some shots, drank some beer, smoked some weed, <laughs> drank some more beer, and then we're like, all right, this is kind of the idea, this is what we're thinking, and it, it was really kind of started by me and my coworker Colby as far as, like, the basis of the ideas. We came up with a name and the sort of like style that we thought we were going to try to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of explained it to everybody like, this is the idea. There's the, these songs, and you know, if these come out cool, then we can try to do more songs like this. And 
everybody was like, yeah, sounds great. And so... How would you say that that's different from the other bands you've been involved in? Or at least the, the last two. Yeah, I mean, Ghost Bath is kind of an anomaly because that all just kind of fell into place really because at the time we, we had started Death House and that mm-hmm. was just a thing that Tim and I had wanted to do. And we, we met a dude who was a really good drummer. He wanted to play that style of music. And so we just kind of started doing that. And then Dennis had started Ghost Bath and um, he was talking about doing some touring and had asked us if we just wanted to be his live band. And so we said, sure. We started learning the songs and then everything kind of started to get bigger and bigger and bigger and got much, much bigger. And then he was like, do you just want to be in the, be in the band? Do you just want to yeah. do this with me? And we were like, yeah, sure. So it just kind of went crazy. <laughs> I really don't know why my interface is just dying. That's all good, man. Um, so this whole time, we're just put, picking up whatever's on the camera at this point. Should we just just do, like, <laughs> this is going to be a, a weak audio week, but just use the audio from the cameras? I want to try this one more time, because I'm wondering here if... <laughs> like, why the fuck is this being such a piece of shit? Do you have, like, an update or something recently? I don't know if there was something that I had changed when I was fucking with other stuff, trying to do something. Trying to make your own porn. I was really trying to... What I wanted to do was um, my own... Oh my god, this fucking program. Uh, the Folly. Practicing my own folly. Oh. To my own porn, yeah. That's what I was doing. It just doesn't sound like stroking the heart. Sometimes you just gotta go out on on a limb, you know. Yeah. Are you hardware? Yeah, I'm at this point. I'm already like, let's just use the audio from the camera. Yeah, I don't know how the we'll put out the the audio. Um, I'll I'll take care of it, or I'll I'll send it to you and for the final stuff. But I'll pull it from the video and I'll. Um, put it together and then send it over to you. Okay. Yeah, it just stopped recording for some stupid reason. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right, well, fuck you, computer. Yeah, yeah. Little shit. Oh, well, look at that. <laughs> this looks like an easy week for me. Yeah. Um, well, that's fucking cool. So, uh, so you were in, um, you started doing Ghost Bath. And you have been able to go do, like, a bunch of touring with that, like, doing, you did, like, festivals in Europe and shit. Like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess we don't need the microphone, but we can still pretend. Keeping up with That's what I was saying. Keeping up with the Yeah. All right. Uh, tell us some good tour stories. No, 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 no. Oh, I want to hear tour stories. Okay, okay. I have, I have it written down so we can we can talk about it. Oh, that. is it too early? Do we have other things? No, 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 because I don't even know what the schedule is anymore for this show. Go on. <laughs> Stories. Um, How much does Peyton really hate us? Yeah, does Peyton hate us? Uh, well, Peyton's actually not even in Ghost Bath anymore. Oh, shit. Oh. On, his, on, his, on totally good terms. Yeah. Uh, he's just, I think he was just getting 
like burned out on life in general. Like he was doing a lot of like traveling back and forth and his own specific reasons I don't know, but it was totally on good terms. He just basically was like, hey, in the near future here, it's just gonna be next to impossible for me to make it work with my schedule and with just all the stuff I got going on. So yeah. before we get too far down this road, I gotta, uh, I have to step away. And I was like, all right. Well, I mean, you know, like we all wish him the best, obviously nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was no bad, like crazy things, just he had life going on. So our old drummer is back in the band now, Jason. Okay. okay. Um, but we've been riding with him and that's super, super cool. And he's been killing it actually. So we were nice. doing some more writing this weekend here. Cool. Um, Peyton is like one of those dudes on tour that he can be hyper hilarious, but he's also so serious about his work, which it, which is really good for us. Like especially on some of the shows that we do and like some of the bills that we have to play because it's like you got to be there early, you got to be on time, you got to get your shit in place and just be on point. I mean, he's good about that. He's there. He gets it done. Yeah. And that's yeah. like, okay, cool. And it's like, I don't have to worry about him having his setup, whatever. And if it's like something is going wrong, he's just like quick enough to be like, hey, something's going on. Give me one second. I got to fix it. And he'll fix it. And be like, okay, cool. Got it. And then we can go. Yeah. Um, which you just have to have that mentality, especially like if you're going to be running a click track system, which we do, and you're playing to any like interlude samples, which we do, if yeah, they're important you, for the flow of the set, it's like you just have to be on point with that stuff. So yeah. he was always there for that. He was super hard on himself sometimes to the point where I'd have to be like, after the show, I'd have to go back and be like, calm the fuck down, dude, it's fine. I promise the thing that you fucked up is way less than the amount of times <laughs> that I fucked up during this whole thing. I guarantee it. Yeah, I, And it wasn't that big of a deal. We, we know that one. Yeah. That, but it, I, I, I can 100% appreciate that commitment. Like, because I feel that same sort of frustration. Yeah. Internally, I try not to like let it manifest itself in any sort of bad ways and just process it as a human being. So I make mistakes when I play. Yeah. But I still feel that way when I when I make mistakes, especially if it's at a part where I'm like, especially where I'm like, yeah, I got, I'm gonna nail this so crisp. And dude, the truth is, is I, I guarantee like 99% of the people would never even hear the mistake, but in my head, it's like the biggest thing. It's like, a, you know, a, a, just a smash in a silent room. It's yeah. like, it's nothing to, any, to most people probably, so. Um, how would you say, uh, aside from like the, distance traveled uh touring local or national versus international because i know ghost bath does like a lot of those festivals overseas yeah so sometimes overseas travel can be nuts because you have to like cross all the borders do all the checks and all that stuff mm-hmm. but other times it's like so stupid easy because the cities are so close like sometimes in germany it's like oh how far is our drive tomorrow it's like an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's son of a bitch. Or like, seriously, we played London. We had like back-to-back shows in London at one point in time. So it was literally like we just got to spend three days hanging out in London. Because we played on one side of London one day. And then the next day we played on the other side of London. And both shows like sold out, which was super cool. <laughs> but it was just like, it was like weird. Like <clears throat> we just stayed in the same hotel the whole time. So it was just like, I'm just hanging out here. And there was a bar downstairs, so we got to like meet the bartender and kind of like be friends for a couple nights with the bartender. And just Shit. like, this is pretty cool. Nice. You have um, to stay in hotels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where I yeah, think But sometimes it super sucks staying in hotels because you book a hotel that super sucks really bad. Right. Like, uh, I think it was our, <clears throat> yeah, it was our first tour. 
Um, we were in Denmark, I think, and <laughs> our our tour manager had booked booked this hotel, <clears throat> which turned out to be like a bed and breakfast. And apparently check in like ends at like six p.m. or something. What? And we got there at like one in the morning, right? So we're looking behind the counter. And like we're all super fucking tired and half of us are probably still intoxicated and <laughs> we, we look behind the counter which is like locked but there's like a little crack in the window here right mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> we're looking in and right there on the counter is the keys to what is our room like we can see our name and stuff on it and we're like fuck it's right there like it's right there <laughs> and we were like is it against the law for us to take those fucking keys because no one's here to check us in. Like, is it against the law for us to take the keys? And so there's a big debate back and forth. Like, we're going to take in these keys or not. And so somehow, while this is all going on, one person in the group, and I'm not going to name any names just for, I don't know, potential legal reasons. I have no idea. Finds a thing that we can use and just bends it, sticks it through, and just grabs the keys and goes, I got the keys. Just unilaterally, like, we're doing it. And then then there was still a moment there of, like, are we going to do this right now? Is this actually what we're doing? Right, because the hotel will know. And through this process, I had seriously become so burned out by all of it. I was like, at this point, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to go sleep in the fucking van. Yeah. And so I took the keys, and I went out to the van, and then everybody followed me out to the van. And then I was like, Jesus Christ, you guys, you didn't have to follow me out here. I was totally fine sleeping in the van by myself. Make up your own mind. And everybody's having a big debate. And then I was just so burned out that everybody was in the van. I was like, fuck it. We got the keys. Let's go inside. Everybody was like, fine. Yeah. And everybody agreed. Let's go inside. So we fucking went inside and slept. Just needed someone to be like, this is what it is. And then we woke up the next day and we went to the front desk. And so we tried to iron it out with like the lady that's there and explain what's happening. And we're trying to, you know, and we're speaking in English and she doesn't have the greatest English. And then she's talking about something about breakfast or whatever. And so then our bass player, Josh, like wanders off to the breakfast area and starts eating. And then she's like, no, you have to pay for that. And he's already eating food. We're like, God damn it, man. This is just a shit of a, just a, the worst fucking night. And then on top of that, we have to like cross back into to Germany and then we get back into Germany and then they make us get out and they like bring dogs into the van and everything. And we're just like, dude, this is the worst fucking day on tour ever, man. This sucks so bad. And then you go to the show that night and then it's like, oh, a fridge just jam packs full of beer, like more beer than any of us could possibly drink in a night. But it's like, well, there it is for us to drink. Let's get to drinking. <laughs> and then we, we get a great meal or whatever, you know? So it's like tour is the biggest roller coaster yeah. ever. <laughs> oh, that's pretty hey. awesome. Oh, that just makes me miss, miss tour so much. Yeah. What do you even do it? on a bit? What do you think is the uh, like, biggest crowd you've done, you've played for? I think probably yeah probably the biggest like collective as far as like people watching us at one point in time was probably Hellfest mm-hmm. and it's really tough to say like how many people are watching us because it was like I think inside the tent you could fit like I think someone said like 15,000 people or something like crazy number Jesus. right and the tent's like jam packed full but then there's people like outside the tents on both sides and at the back of the tent, which is just kind of like a pitched overhang, there's a big fucking jumbotron 
which are there's a camera crew like right there filming you yeah. and your faces on the jumbotron and then there's like just thousands and thousands of people past that out there some people watching some people just walking by and so yeah. it's like I don't really know how many people were watching but it was a shitload of people like more people than I could see the end of walking around in every direction <laughs> and it's weird awesome. dude it doesn't even feel like it's a r- real thing you feel like you're just like looking out at a shitload of people everybody is so far away and there's a camera dude right there and it's like fun because you know you feel like you're in a strange place you're in a place you've never been before or at least for us we i mean we, we played a couple of those but each of them has their own energy mm-hmm. you feel like you're just in another place like another planet altogether doing something just totally normal to you in a totally foreign world so it's like kind of euphoric you know that's really cool dude I'm so happy that you've been able to do that. Like, thank you. Just knowing how how hard you've worked doing music, like, I, I'm I'm happy. It's just like, oh man, one of us one of us fucking made it. Like, <laughs> that like, you know, it's it's never been about like oh making tons of money and all that, yeah. but just like, man, you were able to be up on that like the festival stage and like play to thousands of people like. Yeah, somebody made it. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's real because, you know, there's still, like, in my head, it's still, like, uh, there's still uh, so many things that I feel like I want to do, and yet at the same time, when I get to look back, it's like, dude, we have done so much shit, but it all happens literally so fucking fast, you know, on almost every level, because it's like you get to the festival, and then there's a setup process, you know, for everything, and it's usually really, like, seamless and smooth, mm-hmm. and then you get to just, like, kind of hang out and check out bands and do stuff. But then at the same time, it's kind of like you're still just kind of running around, like kind of almost, you know, almost in a daze because yeah. it's like you go from watching one band of one genre just like going crazy over here with a shitload of people watching them, and then you go to this different stage and there's just like a sea of people watching them, and then you go over here and it's like crazy underground sort of like black metal sounding shit, but there's ten thousand people watching this band, <laughs> and then you go back out and then Lincoln Park is like playing on the main stage, you know, it's like. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. I mean, it is, and that's that's what like Hellfest was like. It's just like this gigantic blur of like all this stuff happening all the time, just sensory overload for like hours. And on top of it, you're just getting fucking wasted the whole time. And then you you get up on stage and you play, and it's just like you're kind of part of the whole energy of it. Mm-hmm. And it just it all happens in such a crazy blur. So you just kind of try to keep up and, and enjoy it while it's going by. Just kind of you know? into it, and yeah. Just experience it as it's happening and, and let it happen and go with it and see, you know, what, what happens. And I got to see Primus in France, you know. I've never seen Primus in America. I got to see him in France, which is crazy. And they were awesome. <laughs> they were incredible. Oh, uh, that's fucking cool, dude. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, how's the family? Or, yeah. yeah. My daughter is just, like, so much a little person. It's, like, crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's, How old is she? She's now? four. She's gonna be five in like four weeks. Oh, shit. Dude, I know she's so big. Dude, that like so. Uh, you and JC while we were still roommates. Yeah. Because um, I remember we were on our first tour, and uh, with Charlie Siren, and got home. Um, she was born while we were on tour. Yeah. Like it, and it was like three days later, and we came home. Yeah. And I remember coming in and just making so much fucking noise and then being like, oh shit, a baby lives here now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was definitely uh, like looking back on it, 
it's you know like such like a sort of like hippie way of living i guess mm-hmm. you could think of it or you know whatever but at that time it was like it felt like the right place to be and it was like the support system that we had just there with with you guys as friends and everything was I mean, you, you couldn't you couldn't ask for it. It would have been so much harder just to do so many things. Yeah. But it was literally like, dude, if it was like crazy and Ellie was going to Target or whatever, it was like, oh my God, can you grab some stuff for us? Because yeah. I can't go and do this right now, but I desperately need it. Yeah. And so just like literally having a bunch of friends like right there. Yeah. At the right. Or even like, just like, yeah. I need, I gotta go to the bathroom super bad. Can you just watch her for? Yeah. You know, give me five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it was, dude. Like. Uh, I, like, I, I literally look back and go, I don't know how we did it, let alone how we would have done it without all those people around. Yeah. Because it was, we just had good people around us, so it felt like a good place to be, you know? And yeah. it, it was. It, it it definitely, like, helped shape her. You know, she's like, I think because of just being around those sort of people all the time, people who were just living their life so genuinely mm-hmm. and honestly, that it's like, she just sees that. She's, and that's just, she just does her thing. And we, you know, that's what we want her to do. Just like, yeah. Be honest to yourself. Just do your thing. Live your life. Whatever you're interested in, let's go explore. Let's check it out. Yeah. And I think that that's, like, awesome, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Very hippie. But Dude, it is, but... No, that's... I feel like that's... I'm sure that's going to be a, a really fun childhood, too, of, like... Yeah, you get to meet so many different people, like this eclectic group where we're all doing different things, and... <laughs> just taking it all in like oh this person does this this person does that and to see you know most of us growing up we get to see like our parents yeah or maybe the occasional aunt and uncle yeah and this was like that and then a bunch of other people yeah <laughs> just, you know you, you really you know get to yeah like we would have shows at the house still and oh, you know, oh yeah dude and she slept she just slept in the back in the back like the back bedroom was so quiet during which was unbelievable yeah. how quiet it was back there but with the airport right there and everything it was like the house was insulated so <laughs> it was like dude, and it was it was super quiet in that bedroom so she was just sleeping there like no big deal and if she woke up between bands we'd just take her out and then go back in and it was just yeah. like we could literally have the tv on at a normal volume and hear the tv over the van which is like and we're literally 20 feet away you know? yeah. it's just like crazy you're like in a soundproof chamber back there yeah i don't know why you would have let stefan have that room um because so when i moved in uh into that one because uh, yeah you you guys were in the in that back, room yeah and then once that room was like open again to be like claimed by anyone I already had all my shit set up in my room, and like, it was the the room is the exact same size. <laughs> no, like, I mean I don't, and I don't know if you guys ever had to pay extra for like that front room, because that really seems like the the coolest thing. Because when we first went to the Charlie Starin house, that was. I think where Xander was and he had his yeah, little studio, studio there, there yeah. yeah, and that was like such an awesome setup and then the bedroom was just you know right there yeah yeah like that would have been I don't know I like my thought at the time was just like well I don't have anything that I would like I don't have a use like I don't have this home studio and yeah. I don't have were you working from you weren't working from home yet I was still working from home yeah mm. and and that was another thing that I was like so used to like my room just the way it was set up i just was like to move it over to like a symmetrical side of it yeah. <laughs> like 
I it, it just it's bothered me. I'm like, I don't want to have everything suddenly reversed from how I've had it set up. Fair enough. Fair enough. That makes sense. That's that's an awkward feeling of like, I I tried to imagine it of like, oh, this would be where, because I would just probably set it up the same way, but just opposite. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like, yeah, being in a weird world that, yeah. is weird. <laughs> like bizarre world upside down. Yeah, it was strange, man. I mean, I had a, I lived a lot of strange years of life in that house, but they were all good. They were all years that were like super important to me. I mean, really getting to where I've gone to anything. Yeah. There were, there were those years that like allowed me to be like, cool, this is my chance to like really go out there and try some shit out and see where I can put myself. Yeah. And those years seem to have paid off, you know? Yeah. Like I don't, we don't really talk about a whole lot, but it is amazing just the amount of things that we're able to change in life just from Charlie Siren or the house. I think it's, I would say that house because that house has had yeah. so many different people even before like Tane was living there. Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about them, but like, I know it's, it just seems like it's always been like a musical house of sorts. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's had a weird history, but just in general of like, yeah, basically, you know, I know you because of Charlie Siren. Like, right. cause you know, you've played, you played back of guitar in Charlie Siren as well. So we've yeah. all played in the same band before. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, it was like the first night that we actually all met we were supposed to play a show in this duplex upstairs. Yeah. Where you were, because we were just coming to watch. Oh, we were just yeah. coming to watch. Yeah, I was and, gonna play. So, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it didn't even happen. Yeah. So we just went back to the house and got super drunk and stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, you know, I know you from that. I know most of the people that are like my close friends are met through Charlie Siren, like there's you and there's Degnan and Brian that at least I have that are like good friends from before we were doing Charlie Siren. Yeah. And then like everyone else is, that would be like the pivotal moment of like how I met them or why we're friends. <laughs> Shit. I, I guess I never thought about that yet, but yeah, I've met pretty much all my friends from that band. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I met a lot of people up here as well. Just from just from doing shows even at the house, like young bands, like even when bands like Unturned and like Remo Drive were just starting out and like dudes, dudes hitting me up and being like, Hey, can we can we play a show at the house? And just being like, Yeah, I mean why not? <laughs> you see like cool dudes, everybody gets a shot at least, you know? Yeah. And then and people come in and do cool stuff and then you're like, Alright, cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. come back whenever. And then sometimes you have Jamie's elsewhere. Well, yeah. Fucking destroy that. It's maybe not the walls. Is that? I was thinking more like, yeah. Yeah, we passed holes and holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I tried to do some hardcore shows there, and I still I like I love doing shows for those bands, but after a while, I was like, dude, I can't fix any more fucking holes in the wall. <laughs> well, this lost whole house is gonna fucking come down and then fix another wall, man. <laughs> I just remember all the times we had to carry that A10 up and down the stairs. Oh, God. That was such a pain. <laughs> oh, but good times. It's so worth it. It's down. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were doing, like, Europe, would you have, like, extra, like, dummy cabs or just two cabs in general? Or was it just whatever you guys had, that's what you're using? There was no, like, 
larger rented out backdrop or uh, so the festival the festivals are different from like normal touring so like on normal touring because uh was go with with ghost bath we have a a deal with orange and so they provide backline for us nice which is awesome because i love orange amps for real so the fact we tour with them is sweet and they just basically we just have to say what we want and so beforehand we kind of get a list together of stuff that we want and like each of us kind of picks out two things we usually have one that we think will be our primary and one is a backup because yeah it's just you never know dude and it's rented gear and then so it's you know who knows man it's probably been through some abuse and those companies do a really good job of taking care of the gear like it all looks immaculate you know yeah you would never guess that it's like touring around here probably like 50 times or more you know but you just never know. It's an amp. It's and you're going all over Europe. I'm in the mountains and down by the you know the yeah, there's climate change. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you cover a lot of different terrain in a really short amount of time. But uh, what was it? where was I going with this? Jesus Christ, I lost my train. Uh, set up on festivals. Oh yeah, the setup on the <laughs> setup on the festivals is different because some of the festivals you can just use your own stuff and that's just what they kind of expect that you'll do. Mm-hmm. And some of them it's like they literally just have a room full of stuff like a, the side tent just like full of gear and they go what do you want <laughs> and you're like oh, okay uh, i'm gonna take that head give me one of these two of those caps <laughs> and then those. we have three guitars and ghost baths so it's like okay i take that head that head that head and then two of those two of those and two of those you know and so it's like you just gonna get to pick what you want which is pretty cool yeah but but at the same time it can be a little dangerous because it's like if it's gear that you're just not familiar with, yeah, then you're kind of running the risk of like, is this even gonna remotely sound like I want it to sound? Right. And if you're playing with like, you guys have samples and stuff too, so like, there are tones that are meant yeah. to be blended together in like a certain yeah. way. That yeah, that's a lot of variables. It's kind of a mindfuck because you know you spend so much time figuring out like what your sound is and what this part needs to sound like, and then you go over there and you play on something. Especially if you're doing something that you don't play in the states. Mm-hmm. Like if you have to go to a festival and so like say if we're used to playing this specific orange amp or something when we're here, and then we go over there and it's like well we can get this orange amp, um, but for some reason we weren't able to get this thing or whatever. And then it's like, oh God, what is this gonna sound like? Is this gonna sound like what I want it to sound like? And then you get to a festival and you're like, oh, I, I gotta use a Marshall. And then you're like, God, is this gonna sound like what I think it needs to sound right. like right here? Like, shit, cause I like spent so much time making it sound like yeah. this. Is it gonna sound like that? And you kind of just have to go, all right, I trust that I'll figure it out on the fly and be able to just kind of dial it in. Yeah. Have you guys ever thought since you've, you know, you're still going, you've got some decent steam where you're not slowing down. Uh, have you thought about using Kempers, like for those sort of things where you can just have it on the flash drive and just plug it into one that's rented overseas? I've I've thought about it, but my biggest qualm with the Kempers, and I know that you can get like pretty pretty fucking close. It's not the real thing. I mean, there's like the way that you can, and I know it's like you can get it close, but there's still just like the there's a natural element of you playing through a tube amp and like the inflection of how you play the strings, how the amp responds to it. Yeah. That no modeling amp can really quite process quite right. Mm-hmm. It's still, it'll, it'll still come off just with a hint of mechanical and you know, the human ear can tell it. And I know it's minute, but just for our own personal preference. Oh no, I mean, yeah. if you're playing something and every time you're playing it, you know that it's not how it should be. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna just like, with your brain yeah, more, exactly. more and more and in our like we really are about like we just like the really raw organic sound and that's live that's what we've always gone for is like 
really raw and you know in the studio it's one thing to kind of be like oh this part i want we want it to produce to be really like pretty and cleaned up knowing full well that live it's like i'm not going to get my guitar to clean up that much from this other thing but yeah. that's just how it's going to be yeah. do you use a, do you use a lot of pedals or anything uh when we f when we first started touring i was using a bunch of pedals i had like 10 pedals on my board and then I kind of hit this point where I was like, man, this is this is just too fucking much. Like I'm I'm fighting too many things, and like different rooms were giving me too many different sounds, and having to pull this pedal back and adjust this one. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of like me personally, I've really simplified what I what I use for this band. Uh, and as of right now, really all I'm using is like a, a basic like overdrive, a reverb, and like a delay. That's okay. pretty much it. Cool. Um, and, and just letting like the rest of it try to be really natural and like trying to get different sounds and inflections by simply just doing different techniques as far as picking or where I set my volume and just I know it's it's like one of those things it's a variable but if you do that variable enough times you develop kind of the the habit of where it sits in the right place yeah and there's always the potential you can fuck it up and that's kind of the, the enjoyment of it is like hey don't fuck it up don't fuck it up <laughs> I mean, for me, you know, because I don't want it to feel mechanical. I want it when I'm on stage. I want to like have to like be present and like f have a little bit of a fight with myself to maintain everything that I want to remember of, of how I do it. And if it's all mechanical for me and my performance is just purely like vanity, like making people look at me, that's not my thing. I yeah. want to play, and I want to be there and experience the play, and still allow myself to be moving and animated. So it's a kind of a challenge, it's a personal challenge, to not fuck it up every night, you know. Yeah. Okay. Again, I'm just captivated by the story. Like, I know. Tell us another one, Grandpa. He's a good orator. <laughs> oh, my note cards. So we should do, um, not to uh, get away from your stories because they're so good. I do want to have a check-in just on, because we've been doing uh, Wait, no, 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 car, no Carb November. Yeah. Um, how, how do you feel like it's going? Um, I, I think that I've been doing pretty good, except, like, I'm not eating a ton of carbs in general. Like, I'm keeping it under 50 grams. Oh, okay. Are you trying to days. get into, like, keto, or...? No, I'm, okay. I'm just, uh, like, Jackie's told me, like, you know, if we want to lose weight, just eat less than this many, like, carbs. This is all you get, mm -hmm. and you'll be fine. Like, the other day... We saved all of our carbs and ate a box of Kraft mac and cheese. <laughs> and that experience alone was just mind blowing. How like fake, how salty, how like processed it felt oh. to eat. And then the next day we both felt like shit. And it's so weird to, to sense these changes with your body when you take out so many other things. Yeah. And then you put something in that you don't normally eat that it's like, no, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> Um, Jackie actually like felt like really sick from it. Oh jeez. So yeah, it's it's interesting to um, cut all that stuff out. But for the most part, I'm staying with you know low carb because mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's possible to do. I mean, it is possible. I'm just not. There's there. no point in yeah. living to do no carb. Right. <laughs> I probably should be better about my like diet and stuff because I'm not getting any fucking younger. Mm -hmm. but, but you look good. But. They, you know, under the hood. 
Yeah, obviously, <laughs> but it's what's important is looking good. Honestly, we all know. Yeah, uh, from the hair to the beard, like yeah. this guy's got it going on. Yeah. No, I think I'm just, uh, and I know that it's like a stupid fucking answer, but I really like find so much enjoyment in like keeping myself busy in, in like the creative ways that I do. I, I know it's fucking pathetic, but I just don't ever like really stop enough to be like. Maybe I should eat a little better. Better. Other than the fact that, like, I actually enjoy things like broccoli and like salad and things like that. So, yeah. well, if it's an option someplace, I'll eat it. And I, I try not to like eat fast food that fucking much. And if I do, I try to eat some of the better options on the menu, whatever those options might be. And then that's always just kind of been my style, though, because it's always been like I don't like feeling totally fucking bogged down and like totally full of shitty food. Sometimes if I'm fucking wasted, yeah. Give me some shit. I'm going to feel like death tomorrow, and I'm going to remember why I don't do this every day. And, uh, but aside from that, it's like I kind of just, like, work, and I don't, like, overeat. I don't spend a lot of time, like, making gigantic meals. I always have a light lunch. I don't eat breakfast. And then I just eat, like, a normal size, like, supper, meal, evening, you know, dinner, whatever. And then it's like cool, and I don't snack very much. I just I don't enjoy snacking that much. See, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's so foreign. Like that is yeah. Just hearing someone else say that they don't snack is like, how did you develop like that? Because I wish I had. I, like, I guess I guess it's like you turn into a stoner. You be a super broke ass musician, and you just can't afford snacks. Fucking period. Mm-hmm. And then you just get super used to being like, I don't need that shit. And then when you actually like live a normal life and you have money and you can pay your bills and stuff, and then you're like, I still don't need that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it helps also that uh, you know you have JC and you know you want to make sure you know it's easy to be like, well, I'm just gonna sure. give myself McDonald's because I'm only hurting myself. It's fine. But now you got somebody else, and you're like, I'm not just yeah. gonna feed her McDonald's every day. I have to make something that she's can be good for her and by extension you are just forced to treat yourself better i mean a, l- a little bit but i also feel like it's still like the meals that i make most often are like still the meals that i think i would be making at this point in my life if i was just like doing my own thing because mm-hmm. i just genuinely i mean when you when you tour a lot like you get your fill of just like shit food so you kind of just get into the habit of like what's the stuff i can find on the road that's easy enough to access and it's not totally shit for me and I enjoy it, you know? So then when I come home, it's kind of like, you, you kind of enjoy being able to just like make a meal at home. Yeah. And I think once I really started touring like a lot, it was like every time I was home, it was like really good for for me just to honestly just like be at home and just like know that I could make a meal <laughs> because I didn't want to fucking go anywhere to get food because I was so, I'm overgoing someplace to get food, of hunting for food, even though it's like the hunt is now just finding the place where I have to spend my fucking money yeah. instead of having to hunt it in nature, you know? <laughs> now I just have to hunt for the fucking restaurant that's like, oh, this, this is the place with the dollar cheeseburger? Yeah, give me five of those. Yeah, yeah so, okay, so you, you don't have any uh, dietary restrictions on yourself? No. Okay. I mean, I do sometimes go crazy on tour, but typically it's always like I'm trying to save my money. So it's like, what's the cheap option and the cheapest option? That's not total shit. Yeah. Way out. Some days I go for the total shit option because it's way cheaper. And some days I go for the cheap option that's not total shit. It's just maybe a smaller portion of something. Like, okay, this will be enough for today. Mm-hmm. I'll spend the less money, get the less amount because that's all I really fucking need anyway. God, you 
so much smarter about touring in every single yeah. way than the well, two I of us think it's just, I think it's just discipline because I've toured enough yes. times where at the beginning of tour yeah. it's like you know I'm say the say the tour is three weeks and I'm two weeks in and all of a sudden I'm like shit I don't have any fucking money left and then you're like I don't well I'm gonna starve for the next week unless I can live off the mercy of people that I can guilt or my bandmates yeah. <laughs> to buy me just even a dollar or something please I feel like a homeless man give me a dollar please I'm, I'm fucking broke I'm an idiot fuck yeah no it was always just like ah, I want it I, I guess I'm just gonna get that yeah like so irresponsible yeah I I, I live too large on tour I would yeah. just be like ah I'm like we all should have been more like Peyton yeah like, super super thrifty be it choice or not like he was always that's that's his thing yeah i mean i think the discipline of it is more so like i it's still i mean it's still weird because it still feels like a hobby you know it still feels like this thing that i just get to do Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like a job but at the same time you have to treat it as a job you know so like for me it's like it's still just a ton of fun like we goof around we get to fuck around it's like i can be stoned or i can have a drink and nobody's gonna come up and be like you need to go see hr about that yeah it's like no i can do my thing and you know we're playing to to crowds and as long as i show up responsible enough to do my job and then you know go on stage and do my job adequately then it's like the rest of it can just kind of be treated as play mm-hmm. but it still has to be done and then once that's done then it's just like cool now, now i'm just living so it's like it's like you have to kind of treat it almost as like half a vacation so you don't go fucking mad and then you have to treat it as half of like, this is my fucking job, this is my career, and if I don't take this shit seriously, why the fuck am I wasting my time out here? Right, yeah. So, so you have to be able to like play and also be really fucking serious. So I think the balance in between that is like allowing yourself the liberties of like, it's cool, I'm gonna spend five bucks on this drink, or you know, whatever, I'm gonna spend five dollars or ten dollars on this fucking thing today and treat myself because I've been working my ass off. And then the next day be like, okay, cool, I can't, I'm not gonna spend any money today unnecessarily on anything and you just cool if i don't need it i'm not spending my money yeah ah, fuck so disciplined yeah. <sighs> um where were you did you see where we're at uh we're at about an hour given and we didn't start talking immediately when i hit record so we're probably creeping on an hour for real okay. um yeah it's been going well as well um doing the intermittent fasting i think i like that yeah, yeah. Uh, do like five days a week and then take the weekends off. So what is what is your like the schedule for your intermittent fasting? Uh, so my eating time would be from noon to eight. Noon to eight p.m. Yeah, you do that like five days in a row. Yeah. So basically during the work week, okay. I'm for my routines, I'm able to basically just set stuff for like it's either during the work week or it's weekend and that usually works like when I get up and what I'm gonna like working out and fasting that's all for a work week and then on the weekend just fucking go ham now when you say now I, I still wonder like during those eight hours yeah are you consuming like smarter or are you just going like ah whatever it's only oh, hours, no. but I'm having like a regular sized portion but it's still not like I think I'm I'm still learning to have some better portions, but um, you know during the work week, like I still will, you know my lunch is still like a can of Chef Boyardee, okay, and um, maybe some like peanut butter crackers, and then uh, I'll 
get home and maybe some nuts too that I'll snack on through you know the rest of the day but mm-hmm. not a ton and then I'll get home and I'll usually eat something right away um usually it might just be like a couple hot dogs like I wanted the bun or anything I'll just slice them up like Rain Man yep basically <laughs> and then around you know 7 7.30 then I'll make one other meal um and it'll usually be like chicken or maybe I'll just have like a protein shake and um you know some other like maybe some pita chips and hummus or something like that fuck living like like I am way harder on myself like with my restrictions holy shit well like not I know we're totally at different places of what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish and also I just like I keep on seeing everyone just like you know if you're gonna do it if you're trying to make a change that you're gonna maintain you have to start small like I've quit on diets and exercise things that I've done too many times to be like oh I'm just gonna change entirely the way I live and that's gonna be the way it is going forward but it's like okay if I can not have pasta be the basis of my meals that's me making a big change (laughs) and if I can you know get that one in the bag then I'll move on yeah shit cause like my breakfast is literally like either a protein shake or I'll make some like overnight oatmeal Mm -hmm. I'll eat that and then for lunch it's like two cheese sticks and then I get home and I'll have maybe like two tablespoons of peanut butter yeah and then dinner will be you know some sort of plant based like tofu bake or like uh what was it the other we were just drinking like eating soup like a detox soup yeah like I, like don't go too but, crazy because like i know you mentioned like that jackie's like a reduced caloric intake for her was going to be in 1200 calories yeah and you're like well i'm just going to do that too no i i and, not in the, okay because so initially you were saying that but then you're like because you also brought up like you did whatever calculations where your reduced caloric intake was still you know like 28 yeah uh which i have not calories it's so hard to eat that much but like and i'm not saying like oh you should like eat more but um but like i the thing i try and think about is like you know I weigh a lot more than Jackie does. Yeah. And I think of like, I think of how much I have a feeling I weigh and knowing that. Oh, there's a scale right behind you. Yeah, I'm not going to use it today. <laughs> uh, like I said, I live large on the weekends. And then, um, but like, I know how much I weigh. But think about that of like, you are moving that weight through the world all day. Yeah. That, you know, if, That's you, go, to bear. if you go or going upstairs, you know, you're moving your whole body weight versus someone who th- who's thinner doesn't have to move that much weight just yeah. in general. And so, like, I do think of, like, yeah, all the things that we do being active through our day, if we're weighing more, we're still, like, using more energy to do that. Yeah. And So we need more fuel. Yeah. So I would say, like, you could probably eat a little bit more. Well, I mean, I, like... This is in North Korea. <laughs> When I got home from the gym this morning, like, I stepped on the scale, and it was, like, I was fully dressed, and it was, like, 228. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm at least at 226 if this is like two pounds of clothing. Yeah. So that's from where I started, that's a significant drop. Okay. So, I mean, it's working, I feel good. It's not, like I haven't fucked up. I had a donut the other ah. morning, I did. I fucking did. You son of a But, you know, I thought about it, I was like, fuck, you really fucked up, you fucked up, but I'm human, I make mistakes. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and then because your body probably burned that shit off quicker than you realized too. Yeah, and I was definitely like still going to the gym and something, I was like, well, I'll, you know, eat this, like eat shitty and then I'll just burn it at the gym. It was like, nope, I'm still eating less that day. Yeah. But. And then in addition to, yeah, what I'm eating, then um, every morning during the weekdays, I'll get up and I'll do about 20 minutes, half hour of like weight stuff. Jackie definitely just cooked cauliflower. Like I can smell, it smells like a fart. I was like, which one of you fucking did that? Dude, I can't smell shit, man. Yeah, no, she cooked I, cauliflower. I saw out, but I don't think I would have picked up on it if you hadn't like pointed it out. Oh shit, okay. So, oh, sorry, I shit my pants. No, you were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hey. Uh, any other business? Well, we gotta figure out a way to put Jeff's clip in here. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I'm not sure how, how we can do that. <laughs> um, you paid good money for that slot. We can put it in next week and, and let them know. I think we might have to do that. Do you want to do, should we do two next week or just be a, a week behind? No, we can do two next week. Okay. So, yeah, we don't have a, we don't have a guest for next week, so. Um, we'll take more time for Jeff's Corner. Yeah. That works. Our technical difficulties, however you want Jeff's Sorry, Corner. Jeff. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you should work <laughs> on the jingle for that. Yeah. What, you don't like the, you don't like the jingle? No, 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 it's, it's fine. It's fine. All right. I mean. I would have gone with like a, a trucker theme, like maybe some banjo or. Um, Why well, don't I have a banjo, do I? Yeah, ukulele. That's pretty much you a banjo. Tone tools or something, man. Come on. Yeah, that is an, there's an engine. It's 2019. Yeah, that's it. Who's making records on the iPhones and shit, man? I don't know. Jeff's a rocky guy. That's pretty something. Something. But, you know. Jeff, let us know if you're happy with your jingle or do I have to try again? I still like how you're. You've both been so committed to addressing the microphone. I forget. It's just this. this I'm sold to it, man. I committed to it. I can't yeah. the podcast. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, Sorry, everyone, for the reduced quality. You know, we're still trying. <laughs> I mean, that's literally like, have you been listening long? Uh, I've, I've listened through like a few episodes. Like I said, I have commitment issues with entertainment. <laughs> I like, I'll be, I'll like check out a couple things, and then it'll be like I'm busy as fuck with this for one thing, like three days, and then I get around to something else, and I'm like, no, oh, fuck, what do I feel like today? I'll try something else. But I listened through a few of them. Yeah, it's cool. It's like, mostly because I was like, yeah, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I remember you had like started the podcast, and then I, I just never actually got around to listening to it. I think I listened to like one of the first ones a little bit, but I think it was in work, and I wasn't like passing you, know, so I was like, I don't yeah, have time to actually like sit and listen to the whole thing. But then, uh, but then a couple weeks ago, I think I saw something from you guys on Instagram, and I was like, shit, I should actually like like watch one of those. So I watched like a, I think like the last one, well, the last couple, so up in the fifties. And I was like, oh shit, they've done over 50 episodes. I was like, all right. Yeah. I was like, fuck, I, need, I should just go be on the show. Just like see what they got going on. And then I, I at first, I, it, it's kind of dumb luck because I'm obviously a fucking stoner. I didn't, wasn't even thinking about timing with putting out this music. And then he was like, do you have anything you want to promote? And I was like, yeah, I should. I do. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get... Um, 
one of the songs, which is the, uh, like, I know you're promoting the whole record. Is there one in particular? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, the, uh, just the EP. It's four songs. Um, I can send you guys, how about this? We'll make a deal right now. Yeah. I'll send you guys two songs. You guys pick one of them to feature. And then you can just link the, the band camp for the rest of it. We're working on getting it on Spotify right now, but of course we're we're stoners. So we were at, it wasn't until it was like time to release it that we were like, or at least myself really was like, shit, we should probably figure out how to get that up on Spotify. <laughs> no, I mean, that's from, you know, coming, like that's like one of the bigger hangups at the end. It sounds like you still had like a wonderful experience making this. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's, it's been great. It's been like a, such a no stress thing. Like the biggest stress was I took a bus out to Michigan, and so I was just like trying to sleep on that fucking bus because <laughs> yeah, it was like an overnight bus ride. Which honestly, I really like. I said I'm kind of fucking weird in the fact that I really enjoyed just kind of like breaking myself down a little bit to get to that place where it was like, all right, I'm, I'm understanding that. I'm here not because of me, I'm here because of this, I'm here for the music, and that's the only reason I'm here, so stop thinking that I'm fucking important for a couple of days, mm-hmm. and just focus on this, and get this done. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially without any other distractions, it's like, yeah. this is the yeah. one thing to focus on for the next three days. Yeah, yeah. so that so that part of it was, uh, I would say, the most challenging, if you will, but, but even that was, uh, I, like, I enjoyed that, I felt that was really really what I needed to like really get the music to a place where I felt satisfied with it and also just I think just for myself in general I think I just needed it so that was the most challenging part the rest of it was, it was it's just been pretty seamless honestly it's been great mm-hmm. yeah it's fucking awesome okay. I think that's a good good point to, to end on yeah uh, cool so yeah. again thank you for coming on I, I'm, I'm happy that you were just you know you wanted to come on oh, yeah. and even just to be like yeah what's up for sure and thank you guys for having me for real thank you yeah, yeah that's yeah. great thank you alright well uh, keep it spicy hey you wanna see a dead cat <laughs> <laughs> it's an inside joke for the <laughs>